Thanks for tuning into the e-commerce fuel podcast, a show dedicated to helping seven figure plus store owners build incredible businesses and amazing lives. I'm Andrew Guderian, and today on the show, I invited on my friend Derek Dobbs, who is just is just a really fun person to talk to. You know those people you meet that are that are upbeat, they're energetic, they're they're just they're easy to be around and laugh with. That's that's Derek, uh, as you will find out. Super fun, super chill guy, and Derek has a business that he started and owns called Wave Tribe, where he sells eco friendly surf gears and surf gear and accessories. And I wanted to bring him on to talk about a number of things. I wanted to hear his origin story and how, how the, the the business came to be. But but the biggest thing I was most curious about is he's done a really good job of building a business that's intertwined with his passion, which you can, you know, it's like the, the oldest debate in business, if you should do that or not. And doing it in a way where he's he's allowed a lot, himself a lot of time, built a meaningful business, but also allowed uh, a lot of time to, to pursue things and have a lot of time in the water. Surfing is important to him. And so I want to talk about how he structures his life. I'm always curious about those kind of things. And so we talk about how he does that, how he's able to, to really prioritize, uh, how he's ruthless about setting you know value and, and assigning a dollar amounts to different tasks. And we talk about partnerships because he's been in, involved in a number of partnerships, how those have, have gone and recommendations for those. Don't uh, we didn't get into the where he buys his shirts because man I'm not exactly a fashionista but this dude rocks the coolest shirts I have ever seen I'm gonna have to follow up with him about that so everything except where he gets his shirts you're gonna have to ask him about that in person at ECF Live anyway it's a fun fun conversation hope you enjoy it before jumping in though I want to give a big thank you to our sponsor Clavio who helps brands build relationships across any distance delivering email marketing moments your customers will appreciate remember and share in the good times and the bad. It's all driven by real-time e-commerce data from your big commerce store, your WooCommerce store, your Shopify store. So every interaction and email feels insanely personal because it is, because you know exactly what people have bought. So you can fire off an email, what they haven't bought, what they viewed. You can customize your email flows to be crazy scary specific, which just means they convert really well. So if that sounds interesting, visit klaviyo.com forward slash ECF to start your free trial. And then secondly, brought to you by the vetted community for seven-figure store owners here at e-commerce fuel if you're a meaningful store owner and you want to connect with the people that you hear on this podcast such as derek dobbs it's going to be on just a minute a lot of the guests come from there it's a thriving community of over a thousand vetted seven-figure store owners by thriving i mean i think this last month we've probably had four or five thousand comments alone there's a lot going on in there of store owners telling what's working what's not working commiserating with each other, encouraging each other. We have a review directory of over 10,000 reviews of, of pieces of software and consultants. If you're a seven-figure store owner, there's no better place on the planet where you're going to connect deeply, learn from, and enjoy being with your tribe. And so if that sounds interesting to you, you can learn more about that at ecommercefuel.com and apply for membership. All right, let's get into it with Derek from Wave Tribe. there yeah i'm here oh. <laughs> <laughs> i gotta stop holding that was my bad it took too long i'm gonna stop and redo it again although it would have been a pretty good we just just roll with it we just, just roll go with for this. it go for it i love it <laughs> welcome to the podcast Thank you, Thank you. i've been wanting to have you on for a while been in the forums for a while been to a bunch of our events and uh, i think it was at the this this last year in new orleans we actually you know kind of really had the chance the first time to chat late into the night when that whole crew was downstairs having pizza and beer in the lobby though till till you know unholy hours of the morning that event was amazing i really loved it 
Yeah. Oh, well, thanks, man. It was it was fun to have. It was a blast having you there. Yeah, just I you've got such a cool story, such a great guy. And I want to dive into the business. I want to dive into kind of some of the way you look at life, which I think is interesting. Partnerships, a bunch of stuff. And maybe we can start with the origin story of Wave Tribe. And to be clear, you do not sell wetsuits. I think at one point I got, you know, at like day four of some of them, I was exhausted and I accused you of selling wetsuits, which is not the case. And you, you very tactfully reminded me. So what do you sell? <laughs> so we sell basically all the accessories for surfers, but not wetsuits. <laughs> so outside of wetsuits. So it's, yeah, I can understand why you got that incorrect. And what we do, I mean, our, our basically our USP is that everything is has an ecological component to it or is a lighter footprint on the earth and that sort of thing. So that's what we do. I'm a surfer and I love surfing. I love ecology. So it was a great marriage. Very cool. And origin story was a trip to Mexico, right? Like you, oh, get, yeah, you, sorry. you went down to, oh, that's all right. You were going down to Baja to surf and is that kind of where everything spawned and grew out of? Yeah. So that that's a great story, actually. So I had just sold a previous business. I had a business called Corazone Organics. Do you see a trend here? So <laughs> it was a clothing company and we had a brick and mortar actually in Ventura, which is uh, close to Ojai where I live. And we just sold the store and I was like, okay, you know, I'd work for a couple of, it was, I think two and a half years from the time we opened to we sold. And I was like, okay, going surfing with a bunch of buddies. We get in the car and we're we're going to Baja, which I've been going to since I was a kid. Actually, I would spend every summer in Baja growing up. My great grandmother moved from Norway to Baja, Norway to Baja to dig gold. She was she was like one of the early kind of in the gold rush, right? Or before the gold rush, it was it happened a little earlier in Mexico. So they opened a, a ranch that's still there. It's called the Melling Ranch. And so my family has been going to Baja since I was a little kid. And my dad would grab me every summer for like first week of school got out and we'd go down there and, you know, I'd ride horses and shoot guns and get into a lot of trouble. So I've had this long, you know, kind of connection to Mexico, this passion for Mexico. And then at some point I started surfing. And, and so that took me away from the mountains where, where the milling ranch is over to the coast. And so on this origin trip, we, we go down and there's, I think there were six or seven guys in the truck. And of course, everyone wants to take like two or three surfboards, right? So, I mean, do the math. There's no way you can get that many surfboards in the, in the, in the vehicle. And so I rented a U-Haul, which you're not supposed to take to Mexico, right? <laughs> so I rented a U-Haul and, and picked everyone up. And of course, everyone bought, brought like two or three boards and we threw them in the back of the U-Haul and we got down to Mexico and were you taking this U-Haul out on the beach? I mean, in particular, it seems like a horrible choice for a beach cruiser if you're going to be camping out on the beach. Because some of those places in Baja, you got to kind of, you know, bomb over some dunes to get, get to places. Horrible choice. It got <laughs> stuck multiple times. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was not a good idea. But anyway, we get down there and we we open, you know, open the U-Haul and we're taking all the boards out because, you know, we want to set them up and we're going to be surfing and the swell's really pumping. And I'm looking at all these board bags, right? Because everyone had, or most everyone had their board in a board bag. And it's all this plastic. And I'm like, man, there's got to be a better way to do this. And that's when I had the idea for for Wave Tribe, which I thought I could, I, I, I have to find a better fabric. And I, because of the previous business, right, Corazon Organics, we had been selling a lot of clothing made of hemp. So I was like, oh, I could use hemp. Hemp's the perfect fabric. So that was the first 
uh, product, the inception trip, and the rest is history. I love it. Very cool. You, you surf you, know, you surf a lot. How, how much would you say you surf? Every day, right? Almost every day because there's not there aren't waves every day. So I surf every day there are waves. In fact, I'm going surfing is after this podcast is over. Yeah, so. yeah. So, hence the hence the urgency. Hence the, exactly. the 20 minutes we got to wrap this thing up. In. <laughs> uh, the thing that I that I love about you, great guy, just a, a, such a fun person to talk to and hang out with. But but you also have, you know, you love business. You're also but you also you know, you do a lot of great stuff, particularly surfing. You just got back from a trip to Indonesia, I think. And so you structure your life so you can get a lot done on the business side, but also you can, you know, can surf every day. And so how do you, uh, that's important to me. I think that's increasingly important to a lot of people. And how do you, how do you think about that? Like, is that something that you were always intentional about from the get go building a business around your life or vice versa? Or is that something you got burned out and you changed it? Or do you just have some really great and fast principles that you stick to? Like, how are you able to, to be able to have kind of what I think some people would think are the best of both worlds? Yeah, I, I think I've vacillated between both sides of that argument. You know, I've, I've worked too much and not played enough and I've played too much and not worked enough, you know, in the last 20 years. And I, I feel like in the last five years, I've really found my stride. And what I've realized is that when, when I, when I do the things that I love for surfing, exercising, you know, hanging out with, with the people I love reading, whatever it is, if I give those a priority, then my energy for, for the business side of things is, is really good. And so that's what I focus on. I was like, okay, you know, every day I wake up, I'm like, okay, when am I going to surf? That's like the first thing I figure out. And then from there, everything else flows. And as the businesses grow, obviously you know, you need help. And so that's the other thing is I've built a really solid team and processes. So if a big swell comes in, for example, which tends to happen, and I'm, I just, I'm gone for two days. I know that the team and the processes that are in place, like, you know, newsletters are going to go out and, you know, ads are going to get set up and customer service is all going to be done. And I could show up two days later and, and feel confident, right. That everything is still flowing and, and it's still going in the right direction. So that's definitely the way the way I've kind of learned to balance those two things. Yeah. Do you do red deep work? And I've, I try to structure my days that way too. I, like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, I, I have three a three hour block each one of those days where I try to. It, it, it's really hard when you start timing and thinking like to sit down and get three hours of solid work done. Not when you're like getting ready for work, not pouring coffee, not like you know answering your phone, not going to the bathroom. Like three hours of focused work. That is, I, I think, even people that think they're productive if they timed them, that's a, that's a that's a that's hard to do. I absolutely agree, and I think if everyone did it, they the, their businesses and their lives would be way different. Yeah, way different. And I have something where I, if I get those three blocks done, so get tenish hours of really focused, insanely productive. Again, like you move the business forward, work. Then on Friday. I have the morning freed up to go on an adventure, go on a bike ride, do something like totally guilt-free. And if I don't, I end up working. And it's a great, like I'm kind of a motivator. I, I also have to like schedule in time for the inevitable stuff that's not moving the business forward. But if you don't take care of it, things are going to unravel. So phone calls, email, connecting with certain people, you know, minutiae that you just can't ignore. How do you think about doing that? Because I kind of block that out on my calendar too. And I feel like, you know, it, it, I have to, it probably takes at least, you know, 30, 40% of, of the time just kind of by the way the world works. Have you found that too? Or are you maybe better at this managing this than I am? 
No, that's exactly how I do it. So morning focus, you know, kind of mid afternoon is me time surfing, whatever it is. And then afternoon is where I do those things because my energy level is a little bit down. You know, it's a little lower. I'm not as focused. Maybe I crack a beer, you know, whatever it is. I, I'm in a, I'm in a totally different state than I am in that morning state. And I've, I've, you know, there are a lot of studies around this, around like, you know, and, and different people will actually approach it. You know, some people like are lazy in the morning, but they're better in the afternoon. Like, I think you have to figure out what is right for you as an individual. And then you have to optimize for that. Like, I know like my mornings, I'm, I'm, that's my focus time. And then afternoons I'll be okay. And then I kind of have a peak in the early evenings. And then, you know, that's kind of when I do all that minutia stuff. So Derek, I want to talk about naked armor razors and you've got specifically the content that you do because we were looking at this, talking about this, you've got, uh, you saw wet shaving at this site. It's another one of your brands. Looking at the the content here, I know it's outsourced or not outsourced, but at least you've got someone, I believe a, a writer in the Philippines is doing it, but it looks like it looks good. You know, it, it looks, uh, it's well done. You got a video on here. You know, I'm guessing it probably ranks well. You said it was SEO heavy. Can you talk about this? Because I always think, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just a little bit biased here, but I always feel like you can't really get, it's really hard to get good content, you know, domestically, let alone offshore, given all the nuances and changes in culture and tone and just expertise and niches, but you're doing it well. So how do you do this well? Like what's your, what's your setup and, and how do you, what do you focus on to try to, to make this worthwhile and, and, and do it well? Yeah. It all starts with a great writer, right? So finding a great writer is, is the difficult part. And I also, I try to find a writer that has their interests align with what they're going to be writing about. So in this particular case, it's a little bit nuanced because my writer who also writes for Wave Tribe, I also write for, I also write for Wave Tribe also. So it, not everything's outsourced, but I would say now 80% of it is he's doing it. And then so when I was going to hire him, I saw that he was writing about ecology, for example, in the Philippines. Like he showed me a bunch of blog articles that he was writing for nonprofits in the Philippines about ecology. I was like, oh my goodness, that's a perfect match, right? So it's not only a great writer, but an interest in what they're writing about. That, that for me is the key, right? And he's a man, so he shaves and he happened to be into wet shaving. So, you know, it was, it was a great fit all the way around. So the, the wet shaving side, he just happened to be into it or you actually sought him out because he was a great writer and into wet shaving? The, the wet shaving part was a bonus. I sought him out for the ecology part on Wave Tribe. So I, I originally hired him to write for Wave Tribe. And then I, I gave him, I, I let, I tested him on a couple articles and he, you know, he's a man who shaves, right? So like, it's not that complicated. And I sent him some gear and he started using it and he was like, yeah, I can write about this. So so that that's the first step. And then from there, a really good process around the writing. So he starts with SERPstat, which is a like SEO tool. He looks for keywords, right? He's, and I had to teach him all this. He didn't really understand like, you know, keywords and, you know, keyword driven articles. So finds a keyword that's not super competitive, but, you know, is relevant. And then from there, he makes a proposal, right? He proposes to my project manager and she basically says, yeah, that looks good or doesn't look good. And then he writes about it and he does a draft 
So he does a draft and he submits that to her. And then I have another staff member who's also a content writer, but I have her go in and edit his work, right? You always want an editor on, on stuff, just stuff gets missed. And then he goes back and he finishes, he finishes the article at that point. And then then that we pass that over to the video girl. I have a video girl, also a Filipino or Filipina, I guess would be. So then she takes the content and she creates a video around it. And then we pass that to the graphics graphic artist and he creates an infographic. So eventually, so we usually post it with the text only. And if you look at the older articles, you'll see this. Uh, you'll see text, you'll see a, a unique infographic and a YouTube video, right? Which for SEO purposes is just like amazing because you're giving the reader access to how they they consume content, right? And then this is the one part we haven't been good at, but I'm going to kill it in 2020. I'm so excited is the social media part. I have just been lazy. I haven't had strategy. This is like my weakest, my weakest tool in my toolkit, but I've been listening to a lot of Gary Vee lately. So he's really put a fire under me. And in fact, I've been working on a 2020 plan for this. So we're going to start you know, cutting up because we're already doing all this content, right? We're going to start cutting up all that content into consumable pieces, video, ed, you know, graphics, Instagram stuff, uh, Instagram swipe story, you know, all we're just going to like take all the content and make hopefully 20 or 30 pieces of content, start pushing that out. So I'm really excited about that piece. How do you, from the, the shaving side makes sense for wave tribe, like surfing culture is such a unique thing. All niches, you know, you have their, their idiosyncrasies and things you need to know about, but but surfing seems like it would be especially, you know, its own vernacular, its own culture. How and the thing I would worry about with, with him, the ecology side I can I can see a little bit more, but it would it I'm having a hard time seeing how he would write well for general surfing articles. And is that something that maybe I'm just anyone can be trained and you just it's just a learning curve and he picks up on it? Or do you have him focus on the ecology side of things and you don't have him touch the surfing culture side? Or how does that I'm trying to think how that works well? Because to me, it just seems like it would be a hard thing to make fit well. You're exactly right. And so he doesn't touch the, like I do surf the surf trip articles, right? It's my voice. I, you know, it's me on the Instagram feed. Like, so that's a really fine balance that, you know, we're walking. And so he, his voice for ecology, I know is fine. Right. And, and I'll go in sometimes and even edit some of the pros to make it feel more surf lingo-esque. Right. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. There's no way it would, it would be fake first of all. And because Wave Tribe is such an expression of who I am, my voice has to be in there. And he can take some of it, but he can't take all of it. And that's where I got to get down on the weeds and, and you know, really do uh, the, our best our best articles on Wave Tribe are all articles that I wrote. And then and for, for optimization, it seems like SEOs is, of course, always changing, but, but even recently more of a focus on Keywords are important, but even more so engagement, time on site, you know, length. How do you guys think about, do you, do, are, are your, all your articles about the same length? Because this looks, I'm looking at this one, looks like it's probably had to guess maybe a little over a thousand words. Or do you, do you vary it up and sometimes just do monster articles? How are you thinking about length versus uh, in-depth and time on site when you're thinking about optimizing these? Most of the articles that he does are about a thousand words. And the articles that I do are thousands of words. And the the ones that are three to five thousand words always do better. 
Like the more, it's just, the, it, it's better content. There's more, there's, you know, it's more in depth. There's, it's, there's more knowledge. There's more expertise. You know, his, his stuff is, it's good. And if, you know, a lot of the categories that he's touching, they're fine for that particular subject or, or that keyword. But if a surfer is looking to, you know, like get in-depth knowledge into you know, flying to Sumatra and, and knowing what that's like, there's no way he's going to capture that. But he, he could capture, you know, you know, the test, the, the 10 best surf products to take on a trip, you know, something like that. I would, would love to talk a little bit more about partnerships because you have had, I think you wrote a, a, a comment on this in the forums, which is really interesting. And you said half have worked well, half have failed. And partnerships are such a sticky thing. I, I feel like I've never been a, a partner with someone. It's always terrified me <laughs> on equity front, you know, not to say it's, it, but it seems like when they work, they work extraordinarily well. And when they don't, they're just cataclysmically bad. So talk about, maybe talk about both, but, but talk about the good ones that you've had. Like, what do those look like? How did you get into those? Give us a sense of the ones you've done that have worked out well. Oh, such a, it's, this question is so, so interesting. It's a hard one. So, okay, let's start with the good, the good, you know, well-defined roles. So if maybe someone's really good at Amazon and the other person's really good off Amazon, you know, then Th- those are the roles that are defined and you don't cross the lines. You're like, dude, I was looking at your Amazon listing and you know, it's not as good. As, you're not as good as you think you are in copyright or whatever it is. Like if you guys are, if, if you're going to partner with somebody and, and, and that's their skill set, like let them fail in that skill set. You know, don't be critical. Like, you know, I would say still create metrics so that they're accountable, but you have to stay in your lane, right? I, I think in a partnership where it goes wrong is where each partner's critiquing each other and, and they're, you know, they're getting on each other's nerves. Like if you stay in your lane, that's when it works. And for me, and I was kind of reviewing this when it's really worked the best is where I've been more in a mentor mentality, where I would say maybe my skill set was a little bit better than the other person. And, and I was mentoring them along the way and then taking part of the equity, you know, for, for that role. Those have been the best, but I also have had other ones that have been like 50, 50 partners that worked out. So it's, you know, I don't think there's any hard, fast rules. You know, you just have, you also have to be super patient. And I think if the focus is really on the money, then uh, that's also difficult. Like if you're building something purely for the money it's, it's, you know, you're always looking at the money. You're always trying to figure out, you know, your partner's not working as much as you. You don't think it's equitable. They're off on surf trips all the time. What, what the heck's going on? You know? So, I mean, it's, it's tough. I'm sure you never did that. That wasn't you, right? I never, no, never, 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 never. never. Uh, a couple of questions on each one of those for the, when you advise on the advisory role, how much equity roughly did you, do you take and how do you figure that out? Is it, cause I think there's a lot of people listening who might be in a role like that could offer some help, but how do you think about what's a fair amount to, to ask for? I think in an equity role, anything underneath where the other per, where the other party has majority. So I have one deal that's a 60-40 split. I have another one that's like a 70-30. These are when you're, so, where you're advisors? Not, where, when I'm advising, uh, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Well, I, w- I wouldn't call it advising. I would say more a mentor role. Advising is like, oh yeah, you should try this. You know, mentor is like, I more in the weeds. You're really, you know, you're, you're helping develop strategy or you're maybe, you know, you've, you've got your hands dirty a bit more. So I, I'd make a distinction between mentor and advisor in some ways, you know, I'd saw, I'd say a mentor is a, is, is a, a part is, is a partner that is 
uh, it's hard it's hard to to really define it but it's a partner that has their hands in the weeds but isn't a majority owner let's call it like that yeah and not an employee that makes sense yeah yeah and do you usually when you do that is do you usually end up trading just the the pure time and and energy and work for that equity do you do you do you buy in to get that equity too how do you structure that i've done both what the bad warning signs for the for the deals that have not worked out? What were uh, were, were some of those things in retrospect? You're like, oh man, I, I saw this and I just dismissed it, and I really should have listened to that. Do we have another hour? <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we got. Hey, you're you're the one who's got to get surfing, man. I got all day. In fact, let's let's, let's do two hours here. No, the ocean's going to so, be there tomorrow. <laughs> it's true, but the wind and the tire, those are the things that are tricky. <laughs> so yeah. So alpha on alpha, I call it the alpha on alpha issue, right? You're, I'm an alpha male. My partner's an alpha male. Like we both want to win. We're both competitive. It's just going to create tension. It's just like, you know, how do you work through certain things when each one of them's competing with themselves, but they're also competing with you. So like getting around that is, is difficult. I think there's too much posturing or, or the other person is pressuring you all the time. Like, you know, Hey dude, you didn't do the bullet points on that Amazon listing or, you know, there, there's, and there's always a little contempt in the voice, you know, like you, you have to be gracious and kind. And, and so how do you have a conversation that has empathy built into it, but is also leans into the tough conversations, right? So that would be the other thing that happens if you're avoiding those tough conversations and it's, you're going to go, the, the ship's going to sink quick. Right. So like communicate, 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 like oh, always be communicating. And, you know, just I mean, it's kind of like uh, it's very much like a friendship or, a you know, a, a marriage. Like, how do you make it through that? I mean, it's some of the very same traits. Right. Communicate, have empathy, don't have contempt, just work together. Right. And know that and kind of support each other, I think, in in the process and realize you're each going to fall down. Right. And and how do you support the other person when they fall down and not make them feel bad? What about certain things to to from a structural standpoint to either include or or think about? And and two come to mind. One, I've I've heard a lot of people put kind of a, a purchase clause where either one of the partners can at some point name a price if they want to get out of the business and say, hey, you can either, I will either buy the business from you or your portion of the business at X percent, or you can sell it to me at X percent or, or at X dollars. Do you do that? Are there any other things that, any other little insurance policies you can put in place when you're diving into a partnership that assuming things do not go well, it gives you at least a, a somewhat gracious way to bow out without just completely nuking everything? Yeah, it's, that's a hard one too. I mean, I've done both. I've had really, you know, like lawyer drawn up contracts and I've had kind of, you know, just vague contracts that we put together ourselves. And the problem is if there's any value in the business, you know, it's that number, that X number on in the contracts kind of, it's going to be a big number and you probably don't, you don't want to let go of it. Right. So I, yeah, get as much as you can down and foresee the worst possible scenario, like death of a partner. Like there should be a clause if he dies, what happens? You know, does the equity pass to his wife or his kids? You know, like you have to think of the absolute worst case scenarios and write as much of those kind of scenario planning into the contract. And I've been, uh, I've, Done, I've done it the wrong way and I've done it the right way. And even when I did it the right way, it didn't necessarily turn out too well. Sometimes I just, I've just walked away. I could have gotten money and gone to a legal battle, but I've just like, you know what? I don't want this in my life. I'm just going to walk away. And I've done that. You know, having done a you know, number of partnerships, 
would you still consider one in the future? Like, are the is the good good enough that it outweighs the bad on the bad deals? Like, would you consider doing a partnership in the future? Yep, I just entered one the last uh, <laughs> on this on my last trip. <laughs> yeah, so, I, so either a glutton for punishment, or you know, net net they they can they can come out ahead expected value. I mean, it's you know, it's there's can be so much. It can be it can be great too, right? It's like a great a great friendship, right? Some friendships suck, and some are like it can be so rewarding. And you know, you have another. You know, there's you know, you can share the journey, and but it has you know, it's it has to be the right person, and it has to feel right. And I don't, yeah, I still don't think I I have you know, the 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 hind the the insight to know if it's going to be a good partnership or not, but I'm still willing to roll the dice. So, Derek, I want to make sure we have time to do a lightning round here because I know that ocean is calling your name. You know, it's uh, you can feel the breeze outside. So let's dive in. It's a little bit longer one here, but let's jump into this before we wrap it up. What's your favorite country or place to surf worldwide? Be the last place. I usually pick my last trip. And so I was just in Sumatra. There's an island off of northern Sumatra called Similu. So I would say that. Yeah, how many how many calls do you get from your business partners who are wondering where you were on that trip? <laughs> Zero. I, in fact, my <laughs> even my staff, I was like, I'm it was there was no cell reception on the island. So I was I was gone. I was gone. Have you read the book Barbarian Days by chance? You know what? I've started it several times, but it's really difficult for me to read about surfing. It's the strangest thing, right? Because I know he was a Pulitzer Prize yeah. winner, and and I, I've gotten a quarter away through it a couple times, and I just uh, something about reading about surfing is like, oh, I don't know, I just can't do like, it. This is not as much fun as the real deal. I'm going to go out and surf. Put the book down. What's your closest shark call in the water? Well, it happened last year. I think I told you about this. So I was in the water. It was murky and I got bumped by a great white. It was about, it was probably a nine, 10 footer. And uh, my buddy was coming out and then it jumped, like it bumped me and I, and then I kicked it. I actually kicked it. Not purposely. I like, I freaked out. I was like, what the heck is that? And I ended up kicking it. And then, yeah, that was, that was a close. Oh my goodness. Uh, Your favorite piece of e-commerce tech. I think Celix. I'm. I really. I'm enjoying Celix. All. All of the functionality from the keywords to the ad to the ad automation and yeah, I really like Celix. A uh, least favorite piece of e-commerce tech. Anything Microsoft. <laughs> What's been the most effective marketing strategy for you in the last six months? Google Ads. I've switched all my or most of my ad campaigns over to AI-driven campaigns. And I'm getting like three X on my spend, which I will take all day long. Really, all so day it's long. just that's just a, a an option now you can enable, and they pretty much manage the bidding. Uh, do they do the what all does the AI manage? Is it just the bidding, or is it more? Yeah, it's not so much the bidding. So you 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 put in a ROAS or a, or a target CPA, right? Cost per acquisition, and it'll it'll try to get it'll try to hit those numbers. But the the what I really like is the dynamic content. So you could put in you know ten videos, ten headings, ten bullet points. I mean, Facebook is doing this now too, right? So the AI will find the best combinations of those. T- and a lot of times, it's stuff that you wouldn't even think would work together. Like one heading and one image that you would never put together end up killing it, right? So that's, I just, I love AI. I just love it. What's your favorite item that you sell on 
wave tribe on the website if uh you know if you're only going to buy one thing or recommend one thing i assume it's a surfer of course yeah i mean the travel bags are 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 best selling it's what you take with you you put your surfboards inside and you take them with you so those are it awesome we'll link up to those for all you surfers listening that want to want a sweet eco-friendly uh case what's the last thing you apologized for i apologize every night to my cat because we live in Ojai and there are, in fact, there've been some bears recently in the, in the neighborhood. And so we bring the cat in like, you know, every night at, du- at dusk and it's bummed, right? Cause it just wants to be out and you know, they're nocturnal and they, and every night I'm like, okay, come on in. I close the door, lock her down. And so I was, I'm sorry. It's just <laughs> the way it goes. And what's uh, what's one of your life goals? That's at least a decade in the, in the future. Try, I want to be, I want to go to space. I want to travel in oh, space. Oh, cool. Who yeah. do you think? Who do you think you're going to be uh, going with? Do you have a, a billionaire that you're going to you, you would you would bank on taking you? Musk. I mean, I'll go with anyone, but I maybe I'm thinking Musk is going to get there first. You know, we'll see. I think that's a safe bet. And then finally, the number of quality you look for in people you voluntarily spend time with and become friends with at this stage in your life. Just look in the mirror, Andrew. <laughs> just yourself. You just uh, that's, no, oh. you, you, you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we're, we we gotta we gotta get some more FaceTime if we're gonna be good friends here. Yeah, so I'm gonna say uh, vulnerability and the willingness to talk about kind of what lingers in the shadows. I think that you know what makes a good friend is if we can expose those places in ourselves that we tend to hide from the world that we tend to hide from others, and when we can go there with people and and challenge people challenge each other in in those areas, it becomes a really interesting friendship. So, yeah. Well, Derek, always, always fun to chat with you, man. We're going to keep it not too long this time. I know you get surfing, of course. Where are you going? Are you going down uh, Ventura or where are you, where, where's the surf spot if you're willing to share? I know these are kind of surf safely guarded secrets occasionally. Yeah. I'm going to hit, there's a place, there's a reef called Hobson's, which is in Ventura. Nice, man. Well, well, thanks for taking the time to kind of just chat partnerships and business and the story and how you think about, you know, managing work and play. And yeah, man, always love hanging out with you. Looking forward to having you in, in San Antonio. And thanks for making the time, my friend. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for this week. Again, a big thank you to the team at Clavio for making the show possible. The best place to send highly segmented messages via email and SMS to your customers to make more money. You can learn more about them and get started at clavio.com forward slash ECF. And also brought to you by the e-commerce fuel private community, a vetted form and review directory of a thousand plus in the trenches experienced store owners that you can connect with to help grow your business. If you want to learn more about that and apply for membership, you can do that at ecommercefuel.com. Thanks so much for listening. Work hard and adventure often and looking forward to seeing you again next Friday. This is the ASY Radio Network Live from New York.